Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, welcome in. I'm Doug Gottlieb, and this, well, this is all ball. All basketball, all the time. We tell stories. Sometimes we preview leagues, preview games, post-view games, or whatever. Um, th- this pod is dropping on the 10th of November, so the first day of college basketball is in the books. And uh, I-, I wanted to start with a bit of a preview uh, of the Pac-12. We'll do this periodically. I like other guys' podcasts. I like other people's perspectives. And uh, there- there's a... There are some sleeping giants still in college basketball. I don't know if Arizona's been a sleeping giant, but Arizona is the type of program that has been a producer of quality NCAA tournament teams, Final Four teams, and of course, a bevy of of uh, talented NBA players. Michael Luke covers them. He's the head of the Arizona Wildcats channel uh, on Locked On Wildcats. We'll hear more about his pot. He lives in Tucson, and I just thought it'd be interesting Super interesting to get his perspective on the U of A program months after the coaching change was made where Tommy Lloyd's the new head coach and Sean Miller is out. So with that in mind, we'll get to that in a second. A reminder, the Doug Gottlieb Show is daily, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 through Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, the iHeartRadio app. Let's preview the Arizona Wildcats and a little bit of a little bit of the Pac-12. Um, well, let's start with this. Uh, let's, let's start your primary focus with Arizona basketball. Um, when the hire was made, what was your initial reaction? Honestly, Doug, I was cool with the hire because 
I'm a big fan of the way Gonzaga has played basketball over the years. I think that when I think of Arizona basketball, I think of up-tempo angles, free-flowing offense, and obviously you didn't have a ton of that, you know, under Miller, did a lot of good things. But Tommy, or excuse me, Mark Few to me was the closest thing to Lute Olsen on the West Coast since Lute Olsen, you know, obviously uh, moved on. And when you can get his right-hand man like that, and when you watch Tommy Lloyd speak, when you go to some of his practices, he means what he says. I think you're going to be seeing a f- much more of a Lute Olson style approach there, which I think is, you know, a great thing if you're an Arizona basketball fan. So I was in on it for sure. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a great point you make because, you know, I have so many friends that played for Lute and they all say the same thing. Like, Hey man, we had three play, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and it, it wasn't just that Sean, because I think Sean's a very good coach. I think he's an excellent coach. Like I, I've always found when I went to his practices, every time I learned something, you know, literally every time I felt like, well, I, I, didn't, I never seen that drill before. Or it was the type of fundamental drill, which I feel like is missing in so many places. So there was a lot of good there, but they just, they couldn't score. They did. Right. He didn't necessarily know how to embrace 2021 basketball and the pushback he got from a lot of alums privately, you know, publicly, I thought he did a great job uh, and privately of, of doing a player's program and bringing back so many guys. And that stuff was brilliant. Privately, where I felt like he struggled is they all talk shit behind his back. Just in that, like, dude, you, what is the point of recruiting all these dudes? If you're not going to let them play. Right. I thought he let them play a little bit more. I just, yes, they did get a little bit tight offensively. Um, I would also say that, you know, outside of having TJ McConnell, you know, he didn't have great point guard player, great depth at point guard. And if you look at Lute, Lute always had multiple point guard, multiple ball hands, right? Right. And, and it's a lot like in college football. If you don't have a good quarterback, I don't care how good a coach you are. You're going to look like a shitty coach. In college basketball, if you don't have multiple ball handlers, guys that can break down defenses, create shots, you're going to look like a bad offensive coach. So I do think some of it was he was a bit conservative. Some of it was just the, what was lacking in terms of their personnel. And I agree that Tommy, in theory, should open it up. They should run. I think the issue is, and this is more of a basketball issue than a fan issue, because I think the fans are in on, like, dude, we can get Gonzaga, sure. and this guy is Roy Williams. You know, Roy Williams at Carolina before Roy Williams came to Kansas. That's great. I think that the two basketball guy questions are one, um, you know, why couldn't you go with Damon? You right. know, a guy who's done it, played it, and has ties to the program. And two, it is so different when you move over those 18 inches from assistant to head coach. 100%. We just have no idea what that's going to look like. Right? We just have no clue what that's, what that's going to Everybody, you know, it looks good in practice. But what's it actually look like in a in a game? Um, that, that's that's an interesting one. Um, okay, so what do they have personnel? What do they have personnel wise? You know, in a weird way, I think that they're going to. And just to kind of piggyback on your point, real quick, um, on a story that I love telling people is I was at a practice one time where you had speaking to Damon Stoudemire. You had Damon Stoudemire on one side and Khalid Reeves on the other, and Khalid Reeves stops the ball at half court looks over at Jesse Evans, the assistant coach at the time. Lute Olsen stops practice, goes down onto the court, and looks at Khalid 
And you know Khalid, 24 points a game, one of the best players in school history, and said, Khalid, if you're having to look over to Coach Evans for advice right now, then I haven't done my job. And that, to me, is Lou Olson in a nutshell right there. And so when – and, again, I don't want to compare Tommy Lloyd to Lou Olson because that's – I mean, you're talking about the best West Coast coach since – No, no, it's a great point. I mean, just keep, keep that thought. Because mm-hmm. I had Sidney Johnson on the pod uh, two pods ago or three pods ago, whatever. Mm-hmm. Sidney was the Princeton head coach. And he said something very similar where he's like, look, the games are fun. And, like, you have to – train them in the practices so that the games, they don't actually need you, right? right? They can do it on their own. Right. And every once in a while you can help them, but it's a, it's a, it's a great philosophy, but you have to, you got to recruit smart kids, right? Smart. And they don't have, everybody thinks smart kids means GPA, like, eh. like right. you got to have guys that basketball IQ. And that's a hard thing sometimes to evaluate. It's the Mike Biddy thing. It's the Mike Biddy thing where, you know what, you just know it. You see the play in advance before it happens. Fair. Right. Totally, totally fair. Okay. So yeah. um, Okay. So, um, so what, what did he, so I, I do think that because of the issues they have with the NCAA that they had to be a little bit different in recruiting. And I think those guys are left behind. I, I, I think those are good guys to build on, build, you know, it's a little bit like, um, when Mick got the job at UCLA, mm-hmm. uh, Mike Lewis has been, he's up been on the pod. He's a longtime friend of mine. He's like, what'd he leave us? And I said, you know what? I said, um, Jaime's a stud. Mm-hmm. You know, Kyman's a four or five year kid. Like he left you a bunch of guys that they're not going to build statues out front and they're not going to be the MOP. Right. But in order to win in college basketball, you need four year guys. And then you need a couple of transfers and then you need a couple of young stars, but the young stars are harder now because the sport is so much older. And then you factor in now name, image, and likeness. And I think the right. the third, third round draft pick guys are going to stay in school. And I, I tell me if I'm wrong, I feel like Arizona, while they may not have the top end guys that they're ultimately going to get starting mm-hmm. maybe next year, they do have some good solid four year guys that got some experience last year. And look, just look across the board. It starts with Azulis Tabellis for me, because Azulis Tabellis is a guy who is going to be, he should be dug 16 points, eight rebounds, something to that effect. Because when you watch him play, again, he's kind of that third round draft pick that you put out there. I love that term. But the way he can maneuver the, his body, the way that he can shoot, he's a guy that should be a problem. Again, 16 and 8. This is a guy that put up 31 and 9 on the Mobley brothers last year. And you just don't do that. I mean, that's the kind of guy we're talking about. The best NBA guy on the team is a guy, Benedict Matherin, 6'6 wing. He's kind of the epitome of your 3 and D type player in that, you know, he, he can shoot, he can defend. I think the question a lot of people have, though, is he been able to tighten his dribble? Because if he can tighten his dribble, he goes from being a no-brain NBA-type guy to a guy that, heck, you could maybe be a starter here at some point. And I think that's where – those are the two guys that you really look at and say they're going to be key. But then you got a couple guys that fans haven't seen a ton of that I think are going to have to step up. Number one's Pella Larson. This is a kid that transferred in from Utah. He was the best shooter in the conference last year. Sneaky athlete. And you put him on the wing right there. 
you've got three nice little pieces, three double-digit scorer types that generally a coach that takes over for the first time doesn't have. And, you know, Arizona used to be known as point guard U. That's really going to handle on what Kerr Creasa can do. Kerr is, uh, listen, if you're going to be a point guard at the U of A, Kerr is a great name to have, but you're going to have a lot of expectations with you. And Kerr's a guy that is going to basically be the only point guard on the roster. Now, Tommy Lloyd's talked about it, and he said that these guys are interchangeable. But, Doug, you played high-level basketball, obviously. You know that it's still nice to have that real point guard on there that is going to get you in and out of plays. Those are the things. That's the part part that gives me the most pause on year one is – I mean, you know, I mean, look, UCLA was, has been able to do it with one guy, you know, and um, and and they've kind of been able to survive, obviously, as as you know, you, you sign up an All-American and he goes to the G League going back to last season. They've been able to survive. But generally, you look around and you need multiple guys that can initiate an offense. And then, and then the other question, and, and while the Gonzaga has been crazy successful, what happened to them in the national championship game is what happens to Gonzaga mm-hmm. every year, which right. is they, they are beautifully coached offensively. I, I love the culture of the program. It's one of the, it was one of the first places when I started covering this thing in, I think, 2002 full-time, 2002-2003, that you'd go and you'd really enjoy being around the players and Tommy's going to, and Arizona guys are like that too, right? Like mm-hmm. I have so many friends, like where there, there's some places you go and guys are just not really capable of carrying on a conversation because they're so wired as basketball players right. and they're not real humans. And, and I feel like Arizona guys, Gonzaga guys, they really are. They're well-rounded guys. They're hoopers, but they're well-rounded guys, you know, Richard Jefferson types, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. Um, but they Gonzaga has never been able to take you out of what you want to do offensively. Right now, some of that is personnel based. Okay. But some of that is just a mentality and how their team is coached in terms of the physicality defensively, right? Like they've always been able to go a little box and one, a little triangle two, a little two, three zone, solid man to man. There's nothing wrong with how they play defensively. But the you want to win the whole thing, like Baylor just took you out of took them out of everything they want to do. I think right. that's the easiest way to win basketball is don't let the other team score, right? Right. And th- that's that's my other question with this team. When you're limited a point guard, when you bring in a kid who from Utah who's a tremendous shooter, but can he be a gritty defense def- defensive player? Right. Um, wh- how do you think they look defensively? And again. Granted, this is they play an exhibition. You haven't seen real comp, but you've been around enough to understand what's it look like in terms of the other end of the floor. I think what's going to help them, though, is you've got some other guys, too. And you got to give Sean Miller some credit on this because you look around, you got a kid, another guy we didn't mention, a Dalen Terry, who was a top 40 kid out of Phoenix two years ago. He's, I mean, Doug, he's long. He's about six foot. He'll, he said on the pod the other day, he's about six foot eight, about 200 pounds. He's a guy that looks like an NBA player eventually. And he sticks out. Like, I don't want to compare him to a Rondé Hollis Jefferson, but 
you know, that's kind of what Sean Miller had compared him to that. And I think that he's gotten a lot of those comparisons. He's going to be a guy that's really going to have to stick up there and he's going to have to make that next move. And the Georgia transfer, Justin Kyer is going to be, have to be in that role too. But to your point, I don't think this team is going to overwhelm the teams. And that's a little bit about Gonzaga that I think you were going at is that Gonzaga is fantastic. It's one of the top five programs in the nation, but you don't ever watch them and think to yourself, man, they just fit. They're physically overwhelming teams. They're beating you with precision. They're beating you with skill. And I think that, I think in Arizona, when it's when it reaches its apex, you can probably get a little bit more of a dynamic athlete. And I know that sounds crazy to say, being that you're bringing in Jalen Suggs and Chet Holmgren's guys like that. But I look at Arizona this year, and I think that they're going to have to outscore teams. And I think it's going to be far more of a free flowing type environment. And to answer your question, I don't know how many of those defensive dogs are on this team right there. You've got guys that physically look the part, but you're not going to really know until you get into the games against Tennessee, your Michigans of the world, just how far along some of these guys are. But I will say, and again, like you said, it's a great point. The 18 inches moving over from the assistant to the head coach is a huge deal. But I think that Tommy Lloyd's style is going to maximize these guys in a way that maybe Sean Miller's wouldn't have, if that makes any sense. It does. What do you think of the league? I mean, honestly, you know, it's great to see because for the longest time, Dana Altman, who I think is one of the handful of best coaches in college basketball, has essentially run the conference. I think they've won four out of their last six they're kind of transfer you at this point. Um, but now you got a team in UCLA that I think as long as Mick Cronin's going to be there is going to be there and right up there. And I look at UCLA and they remind me of the team that, you know, and Arizona kind of had this when they won the national title where things finally click towards the end. And you see, I mean, they've got players across the board. You talked about Jaime Hawkes, you've got Jules Bernard, you've got Tiger Campbell. Those are three guys right there that you want on your side in a big spot because they've already shown it. Then you bring in a Peyton Watson, a top five kid. You've already bring in a Miles Johnson from Rutgers who kind of alleviates some of your big man concerns. And I look at them on paper and I think that they're the team in the country that I have the least question marks about because I think they check off pretty much every box. I think from a a league perspective, UCLA is obviously a top five team. I think Oregon's a top 10 to 12 team. And I think by the end of the year, Arizona is going to be kind of in that fringe top 25 area somewhere in there. But this is the best that I've seen the league at the very, very top in probably, gosh, what, six, seven, eight years, something like that. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. You know, what's interesting is Arizona State was such a hot program mm-hmm. going into maybe even last year. And right. my question with all of those guards is like, how do you keep them all happy? Right. right. And how do you how do you do that? And right. um, and it's interesting. He kind of swapped out all those guards for new guards. Yes. And I think Bobby's a really good coach. I think their issue has been evaluating how their roster fits together more than anything, you know, like, again, uh, it's, it's like Remy Martin's a kid who obviously now being at Kansas, if he's used in the right way, if he's a starter six man, he's not really a point guard. And and when he has those games where he's, you know, one for 15 or whatever, you can pull him, then you're great. I mean, you know, Alonzo Verge, who's not, you know, like he's a guy who just comes in gunning, not really a defensive player or whatever but you had just too many of those guys. What do you think? I mean, obviously, you know, when you do as much Arizona stuff as you do, it's very natural to look down on ASU. But, um, but I, I think they're a really interesting team. What do you think they're throwing out there this year? I've always felt that Bobby Hurley is really good for ASU and that if I'm an ASU basketball fan, if I know that I'm going to consistently get into the tournament, and, you know, I might be kind of a fringe tournament team. I'm cool with that because since Bill Frieder was there, you know, in the mid-90s, you haven't really had that kind of continuity. To me, this kind of comes down to it, what kind of leap is Marcus Bagley going to be able to make? Obviously, Marvin's little brother, he's a guy that kind of had a fringe first-round grade. But this is a guy that when you look at him and you look at uh, Jackson, who they brought in from Toledo, these are the guys that I think are going to need to be your two best players. And Bagley's the one that just kind of stands out. When you watch him play, he looks like a player that should be in the NBA sooner than later. But he kind of he kind of got miscast a little bit last year. And he's the guy that needs to make the jump. I think you make a great, great point, though, about ASU. It feels that when you have a team like they had last year, the pieces were so redundant. Alonzo Verge and Josh Christopher, for all intents and purposes at the college level, but kind of the same guy and that, you know, there's not a ton of intangible play involved. 
yeah. I'm going to get the ball and I'm going to score. It's basically kind of having like, you know, having a bunch of Vinnie Johnsons out there. And they, it's great to have, but if I just have a team full of Vinnie Johnsons and Rennie Martin's my point guard, it's going to be difficult for me to be able to take that next step. So I look at them and I think to myself that Marcus Bagley is going to be the one. If he can emerge as that conference player of the year type, they're going to be, they're going to be real problems for some teams out there. But if he doesn't, if he's just merely good, I think you're probably looking at a team that's probably going to be about sixth in the conference, something like that. See, I think the thing you're circling in on, which is really interesting and accurate, is Oregon's been good, right? And, mm-hmm. and part of Dana's thing is they don't start out great because they have a new team every year, right? Right. But they, everybody, they went to the Final Four. They put guys in the league. They've had first-round draft picks, second-round picks. Like, but, but the league, much like in football, when USC's good, the league is viewed differently. In basketball, mm-hmm. when U of A and UCLA are good, Right. The league is viewed differently. It's just that's just the way college sports works. I would tell you the the two other maybe three other programs that are stunningly disappointing is Stanford, Cal and UW. Yeah. Like like if you look historically last 30 years at the league, Cal always has dudes. And, you know, when my brother was there, they made the tourney four out of six years. Mm -hmm. Stanford has gone through like a 10 year drought. But you go back to when Trent Johnson and Monty was there, they were always competing at the top of the league. And then Washington has been this, you know, wellspring of NBA talent and occasionally not only won the league, but competed uh, into the Sweet 16. And all three of them are down, like all three. Washington, obviously, really bad last year. Just me had a, a culmination of things, but Cal as well. Which of those three do you see as most likely to get back into the top six mix? Man, that's a gr- <laughs> that's a great question because I think Washington's going to be really bad. Um, I think that Stan- Stanford to me is fascinating because I actually thought that Hass was going to be – I thought he was a good hire initially. I thought he understood the mantra. And I honestly – I don't necessarily see any of those three teams getting into that middle tier. I think teams like Washington state have possibly even passed them up at least for this coming year, you know, and, but Doug, you just kind of go down. I thought the Mike, and it starts kind of with the coach. I thought the Mike Hopkins hire was weird to begin with. I get moving on from Romar, but if you're going to bring in a guy there, you have to be able to recruit Seattle. It's the one unique place that, in that in the entire maybe in the entire conference outside of the LA schools where you can almost basically live off the kind of kids that are there. I mean, you look at it when Lorenzo Romar was there and he had things going. Nate Robinson, Brandon Roy, Will Conroy. I mean, you keep going on later on, you got uh, um the kid, his name escapes me, the from Garfield, the five-star point, Tony Roten. You've you've got all these kids from Seattle. And what you're seeing now is you're seeing a lot of these kids leaving, like Apollo Banchero. Obviously, I get it. You're going to Duke. But you got to be able to recruit that area. And I look at Washington now, and I just don't really see anything on the roster that resembles an NBA player. And at Stanford, the template was kind of there, like with Mike Montgomery. And that, you know what? You bring in the and Trent Johnson. You bring in the occasional McDonald's kids, the Collins brothers, the – the Lopez twins, the Josh Childress, guys like that. And then you sprinkle them in with a bunch of 75 to 150 kids. That hasn't happened at all. And as far as Cal goes, they've just had so much 
you know, just so much upheaval that it's hard to remember back to the days, and this will sound crazy because I know he got popped, but you think back to when, you know, Todd Bozeman was even there. You're bringing in Jason Kidd. You're bringing in Lamont Murray. You're bringing in Sharif Abdurrahim. I'm not saying you should bring in those kind of guys, but you're in that Oakland area right there. You should be able to get a higher caliber of kid. So I look at all three of those programs, and I think they're all kind of trending in the wrong, the wrong direction. Yeah, it's 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 fascinating. I mean, I, look, you, you go back just a couple of years ago when my brother was there when they left it for Conzo. You know, yeah. they had they had Tyrone Wallace was still there, and then obviously he had Jalen Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, you know, they I, have crab. I mean, that's, that's a program where you can get kids in school and yet being in Oakland, there's all those kids are close. Mm-hmm. We've always been able to recruit LA. It's really surprised. Both of those schools are really surprising as is, as in Washington. And it's allowed the Wazoo's of the world, the Colorado's of the world, the Utah's of the world to be more competitive. I, I think Utah's going to be fascinating. I'm a big Craig Smith fan. Yeah, I am too. He's brought in some, he's brought in some transfers. I'm I'm a big Tad Boyle fan. My only problem with Tad Boyle is you lose a point guard of that magnitude, it ain't going to be the same, right? I really think that's what's happened to mm-hmm. uh, that's what happened to Stanford, right? They had Tyrell Terry, who I wasn't big on as as a pro, but if he was going to be a junior right now, oh, we'd have it. a completely different discussion about Stanford, right? right. And like you, you can't fault a kid for getting for like if he's going to be a first round pick. On the other hand, you know it like. It, a program like Stanford isn't built that way. They're not built to lose a, a one and done kid, uh, especially one that they didn't didn't expect. So it, it's that's what it's going to for the league to be anywhere near how the ACC, heck, SEC, Big Twelve right. is viewed. I think those if Arizona gets close to being back, you know, as a consistent top twenty team, but they've been there. The mm-hmm. reason the league has been viewed as such is. Not just Arizona, UCLA not competing for national championships, but those three schools, in my mind, they should all be good. They should all be consistent, you know, four out of five year NCAA tournaments, one out of five year competing second, third weekend NCAA tournaments at least. And they haven't. And that's the that's the real story of this league. La- last thing before I run, how, how can people get your stuff? You're an Arizona fan. You're a Pac-12 fan. Yep. How can I get your shit? Okay, so first of all, go to check out on Twitter, uh, PHNX underscore Wildcats. Uh, work for uh, uh, Go PHNX. It's a website that's basically got everything social media in the state covered from the Cardinals to the Coyotes to the Sun Devils, everything. You can follow me on Twitter at Iron Mike Luke. We got daily live streams coming out. Um, we got interviewed player. Uh, interview players on a pretty weekly basis, whether that's Ben Matherin, Dalen Terry, those are the best ways to get a best ways to get in touch with me. And we're just getting started. And uh, Doug, I can't thank you enough for having me on or having me on. This was a, this was a blast, my man. Okay. But now I'm, now I'm going to have you answer the hard question. What's up? Favorite Arizona player of all time is who? Oh, it's Damon by a mile. Um, Damon Stoudemire to me is the guy that made point guard you and made point guard you sexy. And that, yes, Steve Kerr was a great point guard, but Damon was the first guy that people around the nation wanted to be like. He was almost over here, kind of like a little bit of a West Coast Allen Iverson, in that he just brought a funk, he brought a flair, a pizzazz that you didn't really see on this side of the coast for quite a while. 
And I think he was the one that really kind of ushered in the Mike Bibbies, the Jason Terry's, guys like that. He was just a different animal. And he also helped Luke transition from, you know, kind of the Tucson skyline type situation to, all right, I got Damon, I got Khalid, I got Chris Mills, we're going to get up and down. So to me, and it's kind of a shame to me, I have no clue why Damon Stoudemire's number isn't retired because to me- The only retired, the, the rule is you only retire numbers- who are player of the year or I think first team all America. I forget. Cause I had to, I was doing a game and Erica Barnes is an associate AD. Obviously is a friend of mine. And I was like, why is miles number not up? She's like, well, he wasn't a national player of the year. They only retire. I think either national player of the year or first team all American or something like that. And he was, and I, they had to go and figure out a way to get around that rule. And yes, Damon Sotomayor's number should be up. Miles me, Simon, by the way, is the only only appropriate answer. Just so you know, on this, on my, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But we've been friends since fourth grade. So, uh, but and and Kenny, I I think Kenny Lofton was as much the point guard as Steve Kerr was uh, with with that team. But it's it's an amazing history of, of I mean, just of of players of dudes. Right. And I'll be interested to see if they they get it back. Mike, thank you for your time. Yeah. Um, let's let's do this again after the first big U of A game, so we can evaluate what we see and not what we think. Right. And, uh, I I really appreciate you being part of the pod. Yeah, this was great, Doug. Anytime, man. You got my contact. Appreciate you, bro. Thank you, Mike. Well, I thought you'd enjoy that kind of kind of good fodder. Look, my thing on Tommy Lloyd is is this. Um. In a vacuum. At many jobs, I think he'd be an excellent hire. Arizona is a big time top 10 in America type of job. Really is. And while it's not the craziest hire we've ever seen, you did have the opportunity with Miles Simon, who's been an assistant there, was assistant with the Lakers, now the head coach of the South Bay Lakers, or Damon Stoudemire, who'd won coach of the year in the WCC with the Pacific Tigers. Remember, he took over a program which is completely decimated by not just a coaching change, but also NCAA infractions and, and became coach of the year. Now he's in the NBA as an assistant. I think I, those are the three guys they interviewed. It, it did feel like it was Tommy's job and he took it. That doesn't make me anti-Tommy Lloyd. It's just in this particular case, you tell me it's a player's program. You had a couple of former players that were great ones that had worked their way through becoming assistants. And, you know, one is already a college head coach. That made more sense to me. And coming off the Lakers, when you won a, chan a world championship with the Lakers, that, that made sense to me. But they chose Tommy Lloyd. And I think the biggest adjustment you make in going from playing for a huge program or coaching with a huge program or coaching with a longtime head coach to being your own head coach is officiating. You don't command the same amount of respect. Now, sometimes it can work the opposite way where because you don't have any negative baggage, you don't have with guys, you know, you haven't MF'd them up and down. You haven't called their, you know, their supervisor. But I do think that officiating is a big one. I also think that teams that have a young head coach that hasn't coached before, almost always, maybe, uh, Tony Bennett's the only other one, only only one who's the outlier. Teams play faster, don't have good, as good a shot selection, and aren't as locked in on their defense. Because the longer you go, that you realize that as much as none of us want to be conservative, conservative basketball does. 
We need more games, defense, rebounding, not turning the basketball over and valuing possessions. You can say those things, but most times, most programs, a young coach comes out of and wants to show everybody how great he is offensively and how much nicer he is to play for because you can play faster. And that generally backfires early on. Doesn't mean that Tommy Lloyd will backfire, just makes it interesting. That's why I thought you'd like this pod. I'm Doug Gottlieb. This is All Ball. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 